Okay. Uh, for those of you coming out of the neighborhood uh, throughout the summer, just check your email to try to get a feeling if I'm here. Uh, so I'm not here for Shabbos more often than not. I won't be here Sunday. It's not an absolute rule. Every rule has exceptions, but uh, that might start from this uh, Shabbos, depending on who has a baby. Uh, so, uh, uh, what gender? So, uh, just keep, uh, and even if uh, most of July is out, that doesn't mean we won't have Shear in August. The Benazmanim doesn't work in the same schedule. So don't have, uh, don't have total Yish. Uh, there is learning in August, even here in America, even in Benazmanim. So, uh, don't get fooled. Don't, don't assume there's a Chazaka in the wrong direction. Does anybody not have the emails Anybody here? I think everybody's on. Yaakov, you're on, right? Okay. We began the very sensitive topic, which we're going to continue now, and uh, do a quick uh, two-minute chazara and go to the piece in the Satmarov, which among his uh, many, many thoughts and writings on the issue are filled, as I mentioned last week, with Lumdis and Marmachimus, and some very, unfortunately, very pertinent issues, and uh, you don't have to be Satmar or even Haimish to understand what is uh, being brought across here. And uh, the thesis I saw last week, which you don't have in front of you, from Chafam Bezin Sanhedrin, where Tesis asked the Kasha, why was Achav punished for getting rid of, well, Izebel got rid of him, Papayo, but Achav didn't stop her. Getting rid of novice, Lachaira, Kala, Amar, Parshas, Mala, Mala, Mutabai, according to Shmuel, we passed like Shmuel, Lachaira, Dina, Machasadina should apply. What was the problem? If you recall, Taisus had many Teirutsim. All the Teirutsim to the last one suggested that there was a technical issue. He's supposed to give it to his Avadim, not to take it for himself. He wanted it for Avadazara. It was too valuable. You have to take other lands. The very last Teirut said, I'll read it again. Extremely important for all of Sefer Malachim. This is, besides the contemporary application of this, which hopefully we'll get to, the understanding of all of Sefer Malachim, all, we're learning about kings, Malachi Yehuda, Malachi Yisrael. Malachi Yehuda, we understand, Benachah, Ben from David Melech. They're in Yehuda, they're from David Melech. They have a right to be king, they have a status of a king. Taste is assuming until now that Achav and his Chevra the Malachim of the Asasashvatim, despite their less than exemplary behavior often, had a status of a Melach. The last Teretz says perhaps, again, if you read it quickly, it sounds like this last Teretz holds they didn't have a din of a Melach at all. As I explained last week, I don't think even this Teretz holds like that. It would be against the Yushami, so perhaps Teisus holds the Babli's arguing the Shami, but we don't have a fair Shabavli. We just have a Pusik that Achav gets punished for getting rid of Navas. But the taste sounds like he's suggesting, and you can have it in front of you, so I'll just read it outside. That's to be divinely mandated, it has to be over all of Kayasal, not just the SS Shvatim. according to this, it can't even be, right, according to this, it can't even be Yehuda, which is one of my riots, because we never heard of anybody saying that, Tzitkiel uh, Amelach. And Chizkiyahu uh, Melech and Asa and Yoshafa and all the tzaddikim and Yehuda who were not Melech over all of Klai Israel didn't have the status of a king. So that's why it's deceivingly simple when you read these words, but I don't think that's the shot. Okay, but yeah, Asa, Yashir, Yoshafa. And they're considered certainly not coming back in the 
He had Rechavim, even Rechavim in his lifetime, Shlomo's son, when the kingdom was split. Nobody says that second half of his life, uh, of his reign, he didn't have the status of a king. Could be that the status of a king, but not the ability to enforce... Yes, so that's what I suggested, that he, this whole tithes, this whole discussion is not who has status of a king. It's a discussion of this Gemara, Kol Amar Parshas Melech Melech Mutaba, and it's Muchuch. I think I mentioned this last week. The Machlech is Robin Shmuel, where the Kol Amar Parshas Melech Melech Mutaba is not a referendum on the full status of Melech, it's a question of what are the extent of the powers. So Tais is disgusting. Well, if he has such tremendous power, why was he punished for getting rid of Novus? And Novus said no. And that's what we're discussing. We're not discussing whether he has a status of a king. With all the Nafkaminas, Midaresa, the big Nafkamina, we're going to have a fairish Araya when we get to the Samaras piece from the Yerushalmi that says that the king has a special chatos, a sawyer, and you have to have a status of a king. And the Gemara in Yerushalmi says, Beferish, that everybody from Malchi Yehuda until the end of the four Duras of Yehu, we'll explain why, until Arat Kufa, that we're up to now with these assassinations, had a status of a king. And, and that's not even debated in the Yishami, unless you want to say it's Machlech Zabav in the Yishami, which why increase Machlechus if you don't have to? So what I think the words mean over here is Parshas HaMelech, these powers. I don't even believe that without these powers... Uh, you can't have a status of a king. He has to have some of these powers. You have to tax. You have to be able to run a government. It means all these powers. The whole Parshat HaMelech, which, again, for the Pashat and the Gemara Sanhedrin, I can't believe Rav holds otherwise. Rav says, Kol Oma Parshat HaMelech, Ein Melech Mutaboy. So, how does he run the country? So he can't tax. He can't raise an army. So just for the Pashat and the Bavli, there can't be a Machlekes over here, all or nothing. Where does Rav stop? We don't know. But the Shiloh over here is everything that Shmuel and Avi said, them, said to them when he scared them or tried to scare them or just read them their rights or advise them of the dangers of appointing a king. He had a very long list. So is it Kolom or Parsh Melech Melech Is it everything in the list or limited powers? But he was discussing whether he had a status of a king or not. Shoal had a status of a king. He was over all of Klai Yisrael and he was also mandated, but he wasn't over uh, Klai Yisrael in a, in a permanent nature. Because he wasn't the right shevet. So again, Taisus says, "I did shalom a parsa mel lo nemer rock al melach shenimel chalkoyis rov Yehuda umeisam akum vaachav la melach al Yehuda vagam la melach meisam akum." That last line is interesting. Gam la melach meisam akum. So Satmar Rav is going to uh, uh, say that that is not correct. It could be saying it in the first uh, part of Taisus, not this last teretz. But again, I believe the the. Achav is missing all these conditions. Achav lo malach al Yehuda. He wasn't a malach of all of Klai Yisrael. Only on the Asher Shvatim. Vagam lo malach meisam akam. It wasn't divinely mandated. So that point is what we're going to pick up on right now. What was on? He was over there. Asher Shvatim. Except for Yehuda Midyamin. So it wasn't over all of Klai Yisrael. But he says vagam lo malach meisam akam. Now I would have been fine with that had I not have all the information from the next shtickle that okay he was a Russian Musha. Even though he had some redeeming qualities in Shemayim, they had a mechsus schusim, and he machzik teira, and he defended the sefer teira. He had milus did tshuva, started doing tshuva once, uh, did tshuva in Har Carmel. But Misa, he goes down history as a Russia, so he had no right to be king. I would have said that also, and in part that's certainly true. The question is, he was still sitting on the throne. Did he have a status of a king? So Taisa sounds like he's saying no. I think we all agree. Yourself are bringing the raya is that. The question over here in this sugi is not, does he have a status of king, yes or no? It's the question of, he's a king, 
what are the extent of its powers? That was Machalik's Rav and Shmuel. And now Tesis in Shmuel is trying to discuss, well, according to Shmuel, how far does that go? And why was Achav punished for getting rid of Novus when he said no? Why do you have a right to say no? The king has the power. That's why we have all these Tehutsim. So with all that in mind, this is a very, it's not a Shailalamdus only. This is extremely important for all of Sefer Malachim. Most of Sefer Malachim, probably more than 50%, for sure. You could say it's 50-50, Yudan, Yisrael, but probably more than 50%. And we're discussing king after king after king. Uh, with these kings, it's just an expression that somebody was sitting on a throne. And of course, the, uh, the nafkamidas, hashlochot, as they say in uh, modern Hebrew, will be for a contemporary uh, Jewish government in Eretz Yisrael that is not exactly from. And the Satmarov is going to start with the taina that he heard, which he debunks he says, well, they can't be worse than Achov, can they? That's a debatable point in the first place. They're not doing hardcore Avodah but as uh, we were discussing at Shal Shudis, Avodah Zarah in different generations takes different forms. Sometimes it's hardcore Avodah Zarah, Balpar, Markalis. Sometimes it's uh, Far Eastern religions. Sometimes it's the pursuit of money, money, and money. Something in the American uh, constitute about pursuit of happiness, but ends up being there. There are many different forms of um, general kfira, there are many different forms of coming to deny a Baruch Hu, all of which, and no one's denying this, uh, is part and parcel of what the government represents, regardless of whether the particular prime minister is from or not. Begin was more from, Ben-Gurion was less from, that's another statement. Uh, Various gradations in between, most of lean, leaning toward the Ben-Gurion side. Begin was the only one that kept Shabbos nominally and put on film every day. Even on the Begin, that didn't change the mahus of the government. Again, this has nothing to do with Satmar ideology. Most of the government is based on Kfira, based on the fact that we are no longer bound by mitzvahs, no different than reform or Haskalah or anything else, but there was an outgrowth of that. that we're no longer bound by any of this, and uh, we are... Uh, Proud people and Leos Amchavshi and Kachivetzim Yadi. Kachivetzim Yadi by a from person could be a shayla of Gaiva, could lead to Kfira. The Kachivetzim Yadi didn't lead to the Kfira. It started off that the people weren't from, as again, Haskalah, whatever you want to call it. And Mamela, if you're building a country and you have a revolution, you take over. So, you know, you take the credit. That's, that's not what caused the problem. That was the result of the ideology. And that has nothing to do with Satmer versus uh, Misnagdim versus. Uh, Mizrahi versus everybody's maskim to that. The question is, what status does the government have? Uh, one huge nafkamina, which I'll mention now, I don't really even want to talk about it that much. I'm sort of happy that most people are in the dark about this machlekes, and I'm almost hesitant to mention it because you shouldn't start investigating it. But I'm going to mention it anyway because it's very contemporary. It's still going on. It's a true machlekes l'shem shemayim, even though it's it's very bad that there exists any machlekes in our camp. Uh, but a lot of people think there's inherent machlekes in base shitas of uh, in the Haredi world, which is not true. There's a machlekes and reaction in logistics almost how to deal with the present and pending and looming threat that uh, now that keep trying to kick it down the road, which is good, delay the disaster. But the law as it stands now with the draft, if you remember years ago when Lapid was there, so they, they wanted it to be implemented immediately, and then the Baruch Hashem, he left the government, and the Haredim got back in, and they were able to defer it. It's still looming within three years or so. 
Uh, the rest of it's going to kick in. And this isn't even a question of uh, joining the army and helping out with the defense of Shehut Lumi and all that, the whole different ball of wax. I spoke about yesterday and many times, whether it is a Muhammad's mitzvah, it's not. I might be getting into that. Ben-Gurion himself made it quite clear, this is not a secret, and this is not uh, uh, propaganda, this is not uh, Satmar slant, this is basic history. There are people that don't know this. He made it quite clear that the army has two roles, and the second role to him is more important. One role is to defend the country, and that we have many Gemaras that you need uh, an Drega people with guns and F-16s, and you need people learning, and it's a joint effort, and the Gemara says that quite clearly. I'm not even getting into that now. The bigger problem is, he says, once you take care of that, the army has the all-important role of, we'll use the American expression, the melting pot. He wanted to take all the various strands of society, religious, very religious, fervently religious, not so religious, Sephardim, Ashkenazim, put them in this big machine, and the output should be the modern Israeli sabra. Every government wants a melting pot, even though America still claims they like the diversity. But in America, certainly, till the 60s, was one big melting pot, which caused mass assimilation. One of the only... Hashem has many ways to bring brocha, even though some of them are very much benister. Uh, the hippie movement, we have nothing really good to say about, in general, produced one thing, the Baal movement. Because once everybody was letting it all hang out, and you just be yourself and object to everything that was said previously, so then, hey, you know what? I'm Jewish, I can also wear a yarmulke. And sit to... This was part and parcel of, it's not a coincidence, that the Baal movement started in the 60s, then after the Six-Day War, because there was a reawakening of uh, the startling events that were going on, whether they were an ace, mice, or something, what difference does it make? They were startling. And that's what, uh, that's what caused people to at least uh, feel they can express themselves. That stopped uh, the melting pot in many, many ways. It didn't stop it completely, not anywhere near that, but it stopped it. The Israeli army, per Ben-Gurion's design, and it does an excellent job, if you're in the army, you have to learn one thing. There's not a democracy in the army, and you do what you're told. And to the chagrin of many people who believe it's their moral and religious duty to join the army. Right now, as we speak, even they are running into huge problems. It's not a new problem. It's becoming larger of, you know, become conscientious objectors. That they, we can't, we keep telling you we don't want uh, uh, female instructors, people who forget to get dressed in the morning. And we don't want to have uh, mixed units. And we don't want this. And they're not listening. The same problem that went wrong with the Nacha Haredi. They're just not keeping to their word. That's not because they don't want Haredim in the army. They're not missing, we're missing more hardware, money, more F-16s. There are a lot of things the Israeli army can use, perhaps. More personnel is not necessarily one of them. That's not what this is about. This is about what Ben-Gurion felt was the more important role of the army, and that is to take the people and change them and fuse them into one society. It's exactly what they want to do to create the modern, not so from, or not at all from, Israeli, and buying into their ideology. And that's already a Muhammad's mitzvah of a different uh, sort. That's called shmad. You can dress it up however you want. Shmad could be with a smile. Shmad could be with an agenda and you dress it under. Everybody's got to chip in and we've got to fight and there's dangerous uh, territory and it's a dangerous neighborhood and it's all true. But that's not the agenda. Everybody has to understand. There are people who are clueless about this. They think, yeah, that sounds like Satmar propaganda. It has nothing to do with Satmar. Every Rosh Hashiva, every literature Rosh Hashiva, in uh, America, it all agrees with this. The machlek is going on now. Due to the pressurized situation, the, the camp, um, I can mention the name, it's not, not a secret, the, the camp under Rav Shmuel Arbach, 
uh, but he's not, he's not alone. There are Rosh Hashivas in America who agree with this, hold that it's such a shazashmad now, we can't wait three years, and if we cooperate on any level now, uh, it's just going to be a situation where everybody's registered and then they can do whatever they want. And around Leib Steinman, I didn't pick any particular order over here. The majority maybe, but it's hard to count numbers. Uh, the majority and the minig in handling this has been register, get your deferment, register, but cooperate on some level. Don't stop traffic, don't have mass rallies. The first camp holds that they're not going to hopefully put quarter of a million people in jail. They can't get away with that. Second camp says, maybe, yeah, maybe not, but why create World War III before it's necessary? Let's still work with it and get the deferment. No one's saying go into the army, not go into the army. That's not, it's being misconstrued because people don't have the facts. There's no division in terms of the hashkafa, yes, we love the government and we should cooperate, and others hold we don't. That's not the Mahalikas. Mahalikas is how to deal with this and how to deal with the pending problem. So if you never heard of this whole Mahalikas, Ashrechan, it means you're learning all the time, you never read the papers. And that's Gabal again. The papers, the papers have been. Uh, Reluctant, rightfully so, to even report and discuss this, because it ends up being a lot of zilzil to milchacham and megadel Yisrael for the people who don't understand, which is usually what happens. So uh, it's best to leave the machlekes to the gedelim who are dealing with it and let them deal with it, both here in America and in Israel. But just as a soundbite, the understanding has to start with, well, how can you not do what the government asks you to do? That's not the machlekes. The Satmarov is going to paint quite clearly, and we don't disagree with them on this. Again, Satmarov is the, Satmar, it was the uh, I don't want to use the word extreme, but they've been militant on this issue from day one, perhaps because they saw what was coming, perhaps yeah, perhaps not. Interesting, somebody in our shul, we don't have a shul particular kanaim, but a fellow from um, a yeshiva that learned in a yeshiva in a background which um, certainly is not Satmar or anywhere near that, um, came over to me a couple months ago, made an interesting comment at the davening. He said, you know, the more I see it, the more I'm beginning to understand where they're coming from. This is somebody who Avi learned uh, with you in yeshiva. Pretty interesting comment from... Uh, <laughs> uh, so I said, yeah, that doesn't mean uh, you have to sign up to every, uh, every movement and every reaction. And this has nothing to do with the Turi Karta, standing next to Palestinians on their side and protesting with them. It's not for them. For that, that nobody in the pale holds of. Just to separate people, lump everything together, they don't know what's going on. So... Um, this short overview, before we even read the piece, either just got everybody listening very angry and annoyed, or now everybody understands, one of the two. I'm not saying the Elam over here. I think you understand what I'm saying. But it's important to have some clarity without having to delve into the topic. This is not a referendum on whether we like the government and whether we hold this dinam chazadina or not, necessarily. It's a question of we have a real Eitzara, and it's not a question about doing some civic duty. It's a question of what the purpose, why the government wants this so much. They don't hold Haredim know how to shoot better, and they don't even hold that we need this in our units. It's a real pain for them. They want it because that's the mandate of what they're trying to force in terms of the sociological issues and the ideology of what they're trying to uh, fuse together, which is dangerous and a shaila of shmad. And the ridiculous argument I've heard that, yeah, most 18-year-old Bachram can handle being in a mixed environment and uh, that, that's so patently ridiculous. Yes, he will have some strong ones who could do it. The average, like Mayasa at Benvelo Yechta, I've spoken to people who served in the army. Orthodox Bachram. And uh, I've, my parents live in Rehovot. I've had the very disconcerting uh, situation over the years of seeing people leave and come back without yarmulkes. 
apropos to, okay, they weren't the shtarkas Benitari to begin with, but they, in their camp, they were considered that was the norm. To, can that happen in the Haredi that people go for that? Of course. But to put a kid in a situation like that, the, the Israeli commanders uh, complain, the secular ones, complain that the uh, productivity and just in basic training, I remember one comment, I can't get the guys just uh, screwing in the nuts and bolts on the airplanes. I can't get them to screw anything in right because there are too many girls on the base. They can't concentrate. Don't blame them. 18-year-old boys, 18-year-old girls, they're not going out for tachlis yet. Even though Benjamin is in the football. And they're one of the only Western democracies still pushing a mixed gender combat unit. Every Western society tried that. And then the men were complaining that they had to carry 50 pound weights over a training uh, stretch in the desert, and uh, chivalry is not dead. And they ended up carrying it for their girlfriends because they can't let them plot. So what are you going to do? So they complained to their commands. This is in America. And they said, this is a ridiculous idea. And they slowly, quietly phased it out. Well, Eretz Yisrael always likes being, uh, those in Eretz Yisrael like being more Western, more liberal than the liberals. And they're, no, they're not phasing this out. This is an important uh, cornerstone of, our dea- of uh, the ideology of equality. And so you can't, this is a dangerous, toxic situation. I'm not saying it can't be done by anybody. We're talking about for the masses. And that's the machlekes over here. How do we deal with this? It's a question of how to fix it or keep it away, not a question of whether we uh, like the idea or not, which has been misconstrued. So I probably said too much already, but it's, it's very contemporary. And with that, we will start reading this short little piece, three very powerful paragraphs in your Vayel Moshe. This will take us a few weeks, and um, if I'm not here for a few weeks, we might have to do a quick chazar when we get back to it, so we'll see what we can do here. Masha Imrim! See the second paragraph down? Mashaimim ha mesitim. Mesitim is the word mesis and mediach. He doesn't mince words. Those who are trying, but that's really what this is about. It's to, uh, to create a melting pot to force the issue is asata. Shatar lachalik covered gam lamalchas haminus. You have to give cover to the government even if they're a bunch of kaifrim. They are, and therefore, if they're the government, even if they are, you have to give them cover. Kamashimitzinu be'elio. Remember that? After Har Carmel, Elio ran in front of Achav, the Russian Rusha, and he gave him covered. So, the obvious chilik is that that's the high point in Achav's life where he did tshuva, because the whole of Chai Yisrael, he said, they were impressed by the nace. And the friar came down and consumed the carbon of Elio and didn't consume the carbon of the, uh, the Abal. And Elio said, Shechtolo them quickly, they're all Chai Misa. And Achav didn't get in the way. He's running the show, and he basically looked the other way and agreed. And Elio felt it's an opportune time to give him covered because this will push him along in his new journey of upward mobility in his Ruchnius and hoping maybe he'll get rid of his evil. So he showed him some covered. That's going to be an obvious chilek, but there's more to it. Rav says, that's ridiculous. What kind of tzushtel is to a modern Israeli government, to Achav? Besides the fact that Achav is doing tshuva then and listening to Leo, you don't even need another chilek. That's a chilek enough. But he has a more basic chilek, which again goes to the makar of the design of Malchus Yisrael here and most of Malachim that we've been learning. Ki Achav din melech, al pi he said, Achav had a full dinner melech. It was mandated by Akash Baruch Hu. You first read this, you want to know where? where? Where is there a Pusik that said, we have a Pusik that a Navi came over 
and appointed Yerobamim in the vote as a king. He went off later, but he was appointed as a king by a Novi. That we know. We also know that Yehu and others were given a direct sea void to wipe out the previous royal family because they were all a bunch of Rishon. That we know. Achov, I looked at the Pesukim, it was first a little challenging to find out where did Achov, when he first became king, have a conversation with a Novi that told him to become king. So the answer is, well, you're going to say, because you all remember this, you're not going to find it by Achav, because Achav just took over from Omri. Omri was his father, also a Russian Musha. Achav just outdid him in his wishes. So Omri, no, okay, so go back to Omri. I have to stick him for you. I don't know if we'll get to it today. Well, maybe we'll start it. I looked by Omri. Doesn't exactly say Beferish either. I have a, an idea where the Satmarov got it from, but the Satmarov got it from the Yerushalmi, which he's going to quote, which says it Beferish. So you can't argue with this. It's just you have to go back and read it in the Pesukim. And it gives you a new panoramic view of what's going on for most of the Sefer Malachim. That is the Nevi'im who were told Beferish to become king and wipe out the other. That's Pashid. The ones that didn't were still on the throne with divine mandate, if not Haskama, on their activities. It just means Arachimim was, Hashem waited and waited and waited and waited until they did true. And if they didn't, then the next king was told Beferish, wipe them all out and start again. But that doesn't mean they never right to be king. This is, we never spoke about this, Beferish. This is crucial. Otherwise, you've all been asking me for the last, like, five years, why are these guys on the throne? Why doesn't somebody wipe them out? The answer is, you, if a guy's a Russian, he's on the throne, you should assassinate him because he's an of Razor, he's Chaimis anyway, and he shouldn't be running the country because he's ruling the country. Question is, until then, if nobody does it, is he still of a status of a Melech Yisrael? So the Satmarov says yes, and he has Yushami that backs him up. To the extent, as we started with, I think even less Teres and Tesis agrees with this because you can't read the Gemara and Sanhedrin and Bavli any other way. And he uh, shows you where this is. Which again, you have to look in the Pesukim and see where that is, which we will. Where did he go off? His Evel was the wrong Shidduch. The jury's still out whether she was ever Jewish. I don't see any Kabbalah's mitzvahs over there. Dancing at Chasna is what she liked to do. Her only redeeming quality was why when the dogs ate her up, they left her hands in her head. Uh, that doesn't make you Jewish. doesn't make you Jewish. Joining the army and pledging allegiance to Tzahal doesn't make you Jewish either. And um, sadly enough, if you were persecuted as Jews, that's not a definition of me, you, either. That was uh, debated in the Knesset many, many, many days. Um, debated. Uh, as I said, Machaz Hashem Shemaim has kiyum. History will judge that they were both Sadiqim. Very important. Ashkafa. We look back at the Ramam. Everybody knows the Ramam was a Gaina eliminate Sadiq Gaila. Yeah. Was that clear during the Ram's lifetime? Well, they were burning his farm. So the people at Tainas. Kaisal has the unique ability to judge the Gedalim, if not at the time, which is usually the case, certainly the long view of history. Now it's not a Shaila. Same thing with the Ramchal. Same thing with Dennis and Ivishitz and Yaakov Ender. That was a pretty fierce Machlekes. Ripped apart Klai Yisrael. But as Machlis Hashem Shemayim, I say this because we just had Parshish Karech and this is where it's said. And the Diak everybody makes that the Machlis Hashem Shemayim is Karech Baladosa. Let me Karech Baladosa. Machlis was between Karech and Meshra Abena. And he says, no, it wasn't. There was no two sides to the issue. Machlis was between Karech Baladosa because had they gotten to the power of Rahman Islam, it would have been another civil war between Karech and Tosav Abiram and Abdel Pelas and everybody else. Because no one was in it for the truth. They went in for covets. They would have ripped each other apart. So that's not a machlis Hashem Shemayim. Beishamay Beishilo. The list, Baruch Hashem, is... It was painful during the process, often. But the list goes on and on, and Klai Yisrael has judged all these gedelim 
to be what they were, G'daylam, leaders of Klai Yisrael. They had sometimes very, very fierce difference of opinions. It was all changed time. Chassidim and Mesnagdim, by and large. I say by and large is that there was always L'Shem Shemayim. Sometimes uh, as you got down, the people on the bottom, Amaratz's rabble rabbis, didn't understand what the Rebbe was saying or what this Rashid was saying. Uh, but the Machalikas was L'Shem Shemayim, which is why I always like to say, by and large, the Chassidim are learning and the Litvaks are dancing, more or less. That was the tension then. The Gra held that this was veering from the path and there was too much emphasis at the expense of the learning. They bent over backwards to make sure that wasn't, that won't be the case, and it wasn't. And um, Lip Fox, in my book, I think we're always singing, but we, uh, maybe we're singing a little more. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Dancing on shop is a different shayla. It's Machayis Hashem Shemayim. Dealing with great people on both sides. The Maila. History will judge the machlekes we're having now, which I mentioned before, in the same vein. Even though it's pretty, uh, pretty contentious on the ground. Uh, we're talking about Gedalia uh, Yisrael. We're talking about the, the Tamidim understand uh, won't take it further than they should, and the ones that don't understand, uh, the bloggers and the like, will uh, make up things as they go along. Izevel um, never converted, never took anything on. Achav stayed married to her, quote unquote, and Zamro says that's what led him astray and kept him astray. And he put up a tremendous fight. Remember, he got a message that if you hand over the Sefer Torah and I can excise all the Pesukim I want, I'll put the siege in the city uh, into the dustbin of history and I'll leave you guys alone. And Achav said over my dead body. And he meant it. Imagine Achav defending the Sefer Torah. I don't picture it in... Ben-Gurion's time. Jewish pride he had, but is how Jewish was it? Achav understood. It's safe for you Take out the Pesach. Nothing doing. And he fought a war over it, and he won. He had to Shmaya because he was willing to sacrifice his life. And he had 22 years of Malucha, connected to 22 years, 22 uh, letters of the uh, Alabes. But a Malucha that never had any Divine right in the first place, ain la din malucha lashum davar has no din of a government. That doesn't mean you should run around Eretz uh, Yisrael doing things connected to the government that aren't part of an organized program in a specific Indian, because that's just going to create misunderstanding. That's our shita. Uh, I want to put that in perspective, and uh, nobody from our camp is throwing any stones. All the jokes with the chaznishi or the stone and before Shabbos is not mukso. There's nobody normal throwing stones. And if they are, they're misguided, in our opinion. And uh, you don't stop in Ben-Gurion Airport when you go to the checkout passport control and he says, passport, please. You start screaming, what passport? You have no right to be here. No, but that's not our mahalach. Ask if you have a passport. You have a passport. You say good morning. You ask him uh, how he's doing and tell him about terror if you have time. Somehow, I always have time. They're always looking at my passport when they get to... Uh, place of birth and other things stamped in there. It's always a discussion. That's a different shmoni. So I have, it gives me a Pesach to say it's right. Terry to Kira of is where it's at. And most of them are Tinegash and Ishba. That has nothing to do with the government. Ah, they're government functionaries? Okay. But that's a different mahalach. You got to love them. They're Yidden and you got to be a Makar of them. We're talking about the ideology when the government comes down with Xerahs. What do we do with the law? When we need to fight it. That isn't in every single circumstance. And uh, you have to obey traffic laws and uh, you have to obey passport control. And yet, there, there are certain things you got to uh, obviously uh, go along with. And Gemara Bab Asra Dav Dalit Aleph. 
So you're all familiar with this Misa. Hordis was a Russian Musha Ratzach of the highest order, and he was an Eved. He had no right to be king. He pretended he was from the Malchus. He wasn't. He wiped out all of the Yanai's family. And called Amr that they're from Beis Chashmanayim, he's an Eved, if even that. And he was always very nervous about his public uh, profile because I'm paranoid. And he had killed out 99% of the Chachamim at this point of this story, and he had left Hordis, had left Bab Bambuta alive. Bambuta was blinded and basically kept in prison. With that uh, pretty horrific background, Hordus came one day and he wanted to get Hordus to say something against the king so he could probably get rid of him or find out what he really thinks of him. I don't know what he was thinking and asking such a question. What do you think he thinks of him? But he went over to him and he's blind. He stepped in. He, I guess, masqueraded his voice. And he said, uh, Rabbi Baba Benbuta, you know this horrible, ruthless tyrant we have? I want you to curse him. We finally get rid of him. The Chum are very smart, even when blind. And he didn't exactly know who it was, but he wasn't taking any chances. He said, Nalte Lamar, why don't you curse him? Amalei Gam, Bemadaacha, Melech, Lesekali. What's a pasik? Even in your thought, you shouldn't curse him. Amalei, so Hordis, masquerading as some rebel. Hi, Lav Melechu. He's not, he's not a king. He called that a king. Ratzeach, uh, he's a ruthless tyrant. He's an Evid. So Baba Bambuta said back to him, Loya Ella Nasi. Says, okay, he's a Dev Nasi, Ksiv Nasi Bamchala Sar. Amalai. So heard this answer. He can imagine Hordis talking about himself. He says, No, Baisa Maisa Amcha. That's only when he acts like a from guy. Vahai Lava is my Samchu. He's a Russia. So please curse him. Amalai. So Baba Bambuta said back, Mr. Finamine. So he said, Maybe yeah, maybe not. He sort of agreed he's not a king, but dangerous thing to do. I don't want to do it. After that, uh, Hordis was so impressed that Chachamim was so smart. He said, had I known that, I wouldn't have killed everybody. What should I do to do tshuva? And he didn't really want to do tshuva. It probably came from he wanted acceptance to Klai Yisrael as a king. So Baba Buddha told him, you want to redo the Beis Amitish. And he did quite a job. Mishalorah. By his Hordis, he did a, there was not much Ruchniism there, but he did quite a job. Does he get his Chosanat and Shamayim, whatever they did with him, they did with him. Interesting that Baba Buddha even gave him that Eitzah, which they discussed. Like, why give uh, Eitzah to a Russia like that? Well, nice, uh, he did it. That part he did it, he did well. And his point, Samaras point, he was very powerful. He had no right to be sitting in the throne. He wasn't a Melech, he wasn't a Nasi. We don't say, well, that's the government and that's it. You got to respect them. The only reason they didn't curse him is because he was afraid, rightfully so. That there's no reason to get yourself killed. So you should cooperate, but it doesn't mean he's a din melech. So what we have to do over here is understand the rayas. He's saying that it's clear that if he has no right to be there, the government doesn't have a government. He has a fair shariah from the Yishalmi, and we can clearly read into the Pesukim, but we're out of time. Um, the Raya of the Yishalmi, I'll just say quickly outside, and remind me, we're up to here. The Yishalmi says that the melech has a special carbon, the sar, as you mentioned, and it said clearly in the Yishalmi that all the kings, Yisrael and Yehuda, had this din until Yehu and his four generations. After that, they all stole the Malucha, which is exactly what we're up to in the Pussings, why we're doing this now, assassination after assassination, and those last Malucha of Amalek Yisrael had no status of a king at all, but through Yehu, who assassinated and got rid of the previous Malucha, had a din of a Malucha because it was mandated Alpi Novi.
We'll have to read those into the book next time. Yuda, they were kings all along, wasn't a Shiloh.